Awesome. Well, if you've got your Bible, have you open a Bible, we're going to get into the Word of God. I want to share with you something that would be extremely helpful for you. And I'm going to ask you to do something at the end of this too, which will be even better still. So I'll tell you in a moment what I'm going to ask you to do. Let's pick up where we're on. We're talking about being a, a following Jesus. And uh, the Bible doesn't talk about coming, coming to meetings. It talks about following Jesus. Coming to meetings and gatherings, it talks about not forsaking our gathering together or being gathered together. But the primary focus of Jesus' ministry was that we would engage him and follow him. And so we'll pick up our key verse we were looking at, which was found in Mark chapter 1. And uh, Jesus spoke to uh, um, some of the disciples. What he said to them here? And he said to Simon and Andrew, his brother, who were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Every one of us is called to be connected to Jesus and to follow him. And we talked about many, many things that people follow today. And uh, you can be following the trends, following the fashion, following the world. You can be following the Middle East. You can be following lots of things. But ultimately, many of these things lead to all kinds of pressures that we don't need. We are called to follow Jesus Christ. And we want to talk about what that would look like, following Jesus. I mean, in those days there, there he was. And he said, follow me. And you just came up and followed him. That there was always a price for it. So last week, we, we shared on in following Jesus... You will be caught up into what he's caught up in. There is no way you can follow Jesus Christ without being changed and starting to shift in your values. What's important, what isn't important. When you begin to follow Jesus Christ, your whole value system begins to shift. It shifts because he will lead you somewhere you've never even thought of going. And the Bible says in this verse here, it says, I will make you fishers of men. So there's one thing absolutely certain that when we follow Jesus Christ, he will teach us how to be a lover of God, but a lover of people. And you can measure how spiritual you are, not by how many visions and dreams you had, but whether you actually overflow and love people and connect with them and help them. In fact, people are the measuring stick of how you're doing with God. It's very easy to be drawn into all range of spiritual experiences, and these are wonderful, but if it doesn't convert to being connected to people and working with people and helping people, there is something majorly lacking here. So that's where we start. That's where we got to, and we shared a little bit about how uh, we seem to have a generation which is fairly precious. Last week we talked about the princess syndrome, and uh, how many people are just wanting to look after themselves, fuss over themselves, and in doing that, Jesus said, you can't be my disciple unless you deny self, take up your cross, follow me. In other words, he's saying very simply this, that the context of what he was saying is this. I am called to something much bigger than looking after myself. He said, I am called to change the world. And changing the world will involve me suffering, dying, going to the cross. Peter's response was, don't even do that. Don't even think of doing that. And Jesus said, listen, if you don't actually deal with this issue of self-interest and embrace the difficulties and hardships accompanied with my mission, you can't be a follower of me. And then he went on to say a very interesting thing. I don't want to develop it today. I want to look at something else. He said, if you save your, save your life, in other words, if you look after yourself, you'll lose it. He said, if you try and preserve your selfish interests, you'll end up immersed in problems beyond what you can imagine. But he said, if you will lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. What he's saying is something like this. If you engage with Jesus, in, with him and his work, 
you will discover the true identity and call of God in your life. If you focus on using God just to get your needs and, 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 and whatever met, he said you'll end up self uh, inward looking and non-productive. You'll actually lose your life. So I don't want to go into that. I want to pick up this, and I'm going to look with me in John chapter 10. We're still looking on the theme of following Jesus. I want you to look at this, John chapter 10. And it's going to be quite practical for you. Very practical. But we've got to, here it is, John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Here it is. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. Now, what could be simpler than that? So here it is. Right in a nutshell, what we're talking about today. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. Jesus said, if you belong to him, here's the first thing is, you hear his voice. And two, you respond to what he's saying. So at the end of the meeting today, I'm going to ask you this question. What impression, or what impressed you about today's message? In other words, or in today's service, what impressions did you have that impacted you? In other words, I'm going to ask you to start to reflect what you actually received today. And then the second question is, what will you do with that? Or what steps will you take? Or what choices will you make? Because the Bible is very clear. If we come into gatherings and we spend a lot of time listening to messages and never respond, we end up in a, in a religious deceived state. Bible is always very practical. God calls us to act, to listen, and then to respond. So I want to just pick up this thought here today about hearing the voice of God. So tell somebody so you need to hear the voice of God. How can you follow someone if you don't know where they're going? That's pretty simple, isn't it? How can you follow someone if you don't know where they're going? And how can you know where they're going unless they tell you where they're going? So if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to know where he's going. You've got to be able to listen to him. So uh, essentially, it, to belong to Christ means very simply this. We have a capacity to hear him. Every person here can hear the voice of God. Listen, even if you are not saved, you can hear the voice of God. Adam, after he fell, heard the voice of God. Every person can hear the voice of God. And if you become a believer, then hearing the voice of God becomes absolutely vital. Totally vital to your life. So here's the thing. Communication is foundational to every relationship. Communication. You cannot build a relationship without communication, and it needs to be two-way. Absolutely two-way. He's like, blah, 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 And your wife's nodding furiously. Now that means you have to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so communication, one of the, the, the biggest skills in communication is the ability to listen. To actually listen and hear what the person is saying. Not jump to conclusions what they might be saying, but actually hear what they're saying and then make a response. If you don't hear what someone else has got to say and, and, and actually hear it properly and make a response, that relationship's going to be in deep trouble. That's true of every year of life. How many of you know that's true of life? Now, let me just, I want to just picture this up a little bit. Now, can you imagine a, a, a young couple going out together? Usually what you notice is that they talk a lot. Isn't that right? Then you see the same couple years later, and he's got the paper, and he's got his nose in the paper, and she's sort of looking, knowing where to look where she is, and there's no talk going on. So notice that relationships start with a lot of talk, and then when you see them and there's not much talk, you could say that relationship's pretty well in bad shape. Would that be right? 
Would that be right? And so what are the conditions there? What does it look like when a relationship is in bad shape? Actually, there's no passion. There's no fire. There's no excitement. There's no joy. It's actually ho-hum. Isn't that right? Ho-hum. No ho-ho, it's ho-hum. Huh? So when relationships have deteriorate, the ho-ho's gone and there's just ho-hum. Isn't that right? Okay then. Now, what would that look like for a Christian then who started their relationship with a lot of ho-ho and now it's ho-hum? The core behind that is they've stopped hearing and responding to Jesus. And they've substituted personal connection with Jesus, hearing what he has to say, with religious duties or religious habits. Now, I believe it's great to have habits. We need to have habits. But they are not a substitute for living connection with Jesus. Now, that really creates a bit of a problem because if we individually stop hearing Jesus and responding to him, we are now living our life out of habit and routines, and it lacks passion, life, vitality, spontaneity. It becomes ho-hum and routine. The problem is most people don't know when they stop hearing and responding. They just drift that way. It's true of marriages. It's true in families. It's true of all relationships that if they're not nurtured and built in the communications area, they will diminish until there's nothing left. Now, this understanding that means we need to place a high priority on personally and corporately hearing the voice of God. Of all the skills you could learn in your spiritual journey, if I could just nail it down to one, it would be this. Learn how to hear His voice. And then choose to consistently say yes and respond by doing something. That'd be true? Well, that sums it all up. Eh? You don't need much more than that, but I'll give you a bit more. Because <laughs> it raises a lot of problems and a lot of questions. So here's a, here's a couple of questions I could, I could ask you straight away to just get you thinking. Here's the first one. What, did, what was the last thing that Jesus said to you? How long ago was it? And what have you been doing about it? And if, there's a, if that's a bit of a guilty response after that, and it's a long time since you last heard Jesus speak personally to you, your relationship is in trouble. Not with, not with him. He's fine. You're the one who's in trouble. Because you've replaced a living, vibrant connection with routine, and it gets boring. And you get bored. And you get, you get to quit on doing the stuff that God wants you to do. So, that's interesting, isn't it? Well, okay then, so... Well, think about that. So Jesus actually made a number of cautions. I, I, looking through the Gospels and Jesus' teaching, did you realize eight times it's recorded in the Gospels alone, Jesus said that he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Or in other words, he's saying, make sure you stay tuned in to God. And he gave many, many warnings right to that. In the book of Revelation, which is about the end time church, it's about the revealing of Jesus Christ, seven times he said, now notice this, let, uh, he said, uh, I'll get it in a moment. <laughs> it just got out of my mind. Let he that has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now here's an interesting thought. God is speaking to you individually. God is speaking to the church. Now, if God is speaking to you individually, then he'll speak in a personal way 
about the issues of your life, about your relationship. He's interested in every arena in your life. He does want to talk to you about that. But he also wants to talk to us corporately. Now, when he talks to us corporately, I'll put it down in a simple, simple thing. It means he's talking to Bay City people about something at one time. And hence, the need to place importance on what God is saying to us. Now, you can, I can go on the internet, I can hear all things God's saying all over the world to all kinds of different people, but they're all around the world. What I need to be hearing is what God is saying to us here in Hastings, New Zealand. And so to do that, I need to be attentive to that. So Sunday gatherings, for example, we gathered to church like this. Uh, I wait on the Lord for messages. I just don't think, well, I know it's something, give me something to do, you know. I'm listening to God. In fact, if I don't hear from God, I get quite upset and under pressure and I don't know what to do. It's no trouble if you have experience to, and if you're a teacher, to have a message. But it's something else to hear the voice of the Spirit and say what God is saying to us. So when I bring messages, I endeavor to hear or have something quickened by the Holy Spirit that's what He is saying to us. He is saying at the moment, He's inspiring and calling us to follow Jesus, to actually center our focus on Him and to understand in our life and personal walk what it'll mean to follow Him, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, not just a Christian. Now, lots of people call themselves Christian, but to be a follower of Christ implies a dynamic of a walk with God. So if you are in coming to meetings on Sundays and this is your home, then God would be saying something here, either through the worship He'll say something, in the meetings He'll say something, Usually I find when I speak and minister the Word of God, about a half if not more of the church were already thinking about that, studying it, or had heard something on it a week to two weeks before, meaning God is speaking to the church. And He doesn't just speak one Sunday, then another Sunday. Usually there's a flow, and He's speaking about a number of things, and He's wanting us to adjust and respond. Hence the importance of keeping and taking notes. I notice so few, I just don't know about you, I can't remember an hour later what anyone said, except my wife, sometimes. <laughs> and I just, I'm on to the next thing, I'm a man, you know, that was then, I'm on to now. And so I don't always retain what I've heard. And I've made it a discipline over years, write down when I'm in a meeting what was said, what happened. I do it in personal meetings, I do it in group meetings, I do it in Sunday meetings, I write down what was said. Even when the young guys are preaching, I write down what they said, what the message was, because in it I'll hear from God. So I might record the message and write the notes on it, but as I'm writing the notes, I'm listening, God, what are you saying to me? And I'll write at the top of the page, I heard this. Now, either you believe God's talking to you and you respond, or you believe God's talking to you in your head, and it's ho-hum, oh yeah, okay, move on. You see, the relationship with God requires response. My people hear my voice and follow. Follow means I make decisions to respond to what I've heard. You get the idea? You all got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> I must be getting in too deep. I need to lighten up. <laughs> Praise God. So here's a couple of ways that you could think of of helping yourself on whether you're hearing God. Now, one of them is on Sundays, just take some notes. Just I notice here we had even the even the newsletter that you get there's got a little space to write them down. All you got to do is remember to bring a pen, write something down. Here's the second thing you could do: get involved in a small group where they can ask you these two questions: What has God been saying to you? What have you been doing with that? Now, 
we think that our Christian life can be lived alone. It cannot be lived alone. It's never designed to be lived alone. We're designed to live in community. So not only does God speak to us individually, the Spirit speaks to the churches. Not only our church, you speak to churches all over the world. I have been to prophetic churches around the world, and I found the very things I'm preaching, someone else has been preaching it in other places as well. You, you, when people are prophetic, they're picking up what God is saying, and He's talking about turning the church, recentering on Jesus, recentering on the harvest, recentering on discipleship. In this last couple of months, every place I've gone, the one thing that's been common everywhere is the emphasis, again, on the harvest of souls and on discipleship. It is everywhere. So that means to not go and move intentionally that way means we're not hearing what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Any idea? And when you hear what the Spirit says and you respond, you become an overcomer. Being an overcomer is not that hard, really. It's not like I'm on top of it all the time. Have a look at all the people in the Bible. One thing that's got to be common with all the great heroes of faith is how many times they were defeated and fell down, fell over, or made mistakes, or just plumb outright sinned. Yet, they were all called men of faith because when God spoke to them, they responded. So I don't think being an overcomer means I'm on top of everything all the time. I think it means that when I hear God speak, I say yes and do it. You start to do that, your life will shift immensely. Amen? Okay then, so that raises the thing is, and of course I've got a lot more questions I could really have answered in one session, but let me, so what does the voice of God sound like? What does God's voice sound like when he is speaking to us? And of course, it raises other questions, what if God isn't speaking? And what if I've been praying and asking for something for a long time and he hasn't spoken? That is a real horrible one. How many know what I'm talking about there? You've got an issue in your life, and in that issue in your life, heaven is silent. And in the midst of that silence, there's stress because I need a reply from heaven and no replies forthcoming. It's like God's got the pip and he's not talking, shut down. And so, how many know that experience? They're right. We all have it. So when I say that the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and follow me, we also have to take into account there are times when God remains silent for a season. In that season, your heart has tested what you will do. And in that season... He requires that we just trust him and do the last thing he told us to do. That's probably as simple as I can get it. Now, I hate those times when he's not telling me, but I've learned in them, trust him and relax. He's got an answer. It is coming. And when in due time, he'll tell me. He will tell me. He will show the way. He's promised to show the way. So if you're stuck in that place now and it feels like you've got an issue in your life, maybe it's an issue with a child, an issue with a spouse, an issue with finances, an issue with a job. There's so many of them in life and it's like God speaks on lots of trivial things, but on the big thing, he's not saying anything. That is horrible. And it happens to all of us. And it happens more often than we'd like to say. But it happens. And in those times, remain confident, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding and try and find your way. Walk with God, humbly dependent, confessing his word over your life and trusting him and acting on the last thing you were given. Now, having put that aside, now we'll look at hearing the voice of God, okay? So if you hear the voice of God, what will it sound like? Very, very simple. Jesus uh, spoke in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Paul wrote, he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So we have to be very, very clear that when God speaks, He is speaking to our spirit. Here's the amazing thing. When the disciples were on the earth, they literally had to physically follow Jesus and walk after a person. But now Jesus said, there's a whole new deal. 
And so he says, I want you to abide in me. I'm going to put my spirit inside you. My spirit and your spirit will be joined. And because of that, you will be able to have free access to the realm of heaven, but you will be on the earth. You'll be living here, but you'll have access to the realm of heaven, the realm of the spirit. My spirit will always be with you. So you won't need to physically be in Israel. You can be with me I will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So notice that he that's joined the Lord is one spirit. And therein is the key. If we're going to hear from God, it will be in our spirit. Now, I'm not going to downplay the word of God in this. The word of God is vital to all guidance and direction. And, and moving from the word of God creates disasters. However, God wants us to learn how to recognize when he's speaking to us. So it will be from our spirit. So he wants us to learn how to be aware of the movements of his spirit within us. Now, worship is one great way you can learn how to flow with what God is doing. If you notice in a, in a worship meeting, or at the beginning of the, in the, there's a flow begins to build, and as the musicians begin to lead, you actually can feel yourself shifting, and things begin to move. Your spirit becomes stirred inside you. You start to arise within. You are starting to arise in your spirit. So all movements of God are movements in our spirit. Now, so he leads you from within your spirit. So that, that means, here's the interesting thing, that you are one spirit with the spirit of God, now get this, so therefore his thoughts will come into your thoughts, his feelings will come into your feelings, his uh, visions or pictures will come into your, the impressions he has will come into yours. In fact, everything that he is like, he's a person, the Holy Spirit's a person, he will implant into your spirit his own very thoughts and ideas. That's a very, very simple concept. God is joined to me, I'm one spirit with the Lord, he's never far from me. I don't have to come to a service to actually hear the voice of God. It's wonderful to come and to be inspired in corporate worship. There's the place for that and hear what God's saying to the church. But I also need to be stirred in my own spiritual life. I need to grow and develop spirit awareness, spirit sensitivity. Everyone can develop it. It's not automatic. It's something you develop. For example, a mother can pick, quickly pick the voice of her child in a room of yelling children. That's my one. You just hear noise, she hears her child. She has tuned her ear to the voice of her child. We have to tune our ear to the voice of our spirit because that's where we'll hear the Holy Spirit. You won't necessarily have some great big picture and revelation. You may not have some great big open dream or thing like that, but you can, within your spirit, hear and receive impressions of the Holy Spirit. In uh, John chapter 7 and verse 37 to 39, it says that Jesus was speaking and he said, Now out of your belly, out of your spirit, out of within you will flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking of the, the, the Holy Spirit or the ministry of the Spirit. The word I want to draw your attention to is the two words. One is out of your belly, out of your spirit, out of deep within you. That's the first word. Second word is this, flow. Flow is not one, two, three, four, five, six. Flow is more like a river moving. It's a spontaneous movement. So the movements of the Holy Spirit and the guidance or direction of God or the voice of God will be, number one, from within you. Number two, it will be a flow. It will be spontaneous and there'll be a moving. Now, that seems so very, very simple. Here, there's a whole lifestyle 
of actually learning how to, how to hear that voice. So God's voice is not going to be yelling at you, although he can. It's not going to be outside you, although it can be. It may not be very dramatic, although it can be. Usually for most of us, most of the time, it's like Elijah described, a still, small voice. Very still. In other words, it's not loud, raucous, pushy, pressy. And it's very small. It's very little and very easily stopped. Now, if we're going to hear the voice of God then, that means I've got to deal with inner noise and learn how to come to rest. If I have got a lot of noise going on my soul, it will distract me from hearing God. If I've got a lot of turmoil in my soul, it will stop me hearing God. And so the reason a lot of people don't hear much from God is because of turmoils going on inside their life. And usually in the turmoil, when you really most want to hear God, there's so much turmoil it blocks your hearing. And so you've got to do something about the turmoil. Let me give you some of the common hindrances, things that literally obstruct that flow of the Spirit. Then we'll just give you some very simple ways you could just develop it. And it's, it's not hard, but it's a lifetime of practice. Here's some of the things. One of the things that will stop you or hinder you, I'll just the word hinder because nothing stops God. Uh, even Adam and Eve, after they sinned, heard the voice of God. So here's the thing. Hidden sin. If you've got things in your heart God's been talking to you about and you're not responding, that sin will create noise in your life that blocks out God. It's like you just don't hear him anymore. If I regard iniquity in my heart, he shall not hear me. So it affects our prayer life, everything. Hidden sin opens the door to being the voice you hear is the one that condemns you. That's not the voice of Jesus. So there are many voices, many impressions we have within. We have to learn how to distinguish what they are and removing a few of the hindrances can help. One of the hindrances is sin, unconfessed, unrepented of. Another common hindrance, more common than you'd realize, is if we are disappointed with God. This is a far bigger one than you realize, disappointed with God. If you were disappointed with someone, you're hurt because they didn't do what you thought the way you thought. And what normally happens is you close your heart up to them. And when you close your heart up to someone, then when you meet with that person, there's a distance between you and you're not really receiving properly. So if we've been disappointed, we've prayed, sought God over something and nothing happened, there's a tendency to feel hurt, rejected, and to blame God and then shut down. This just hinders us. And here's the problem. You're wanting to hear the voice of God. Of course, you're going to have to face this issue where you felt disappointed by God. And I don't want to face that. So now we hold the hurt in our heart it just blocks us. We need to resolve things. And if there's a hurt and a grief and a disappointment, God knows about it. The big one that's got the issue that's not facing it is ourself. And another area is unresolved, related to it, is unresolved grief and offenses. Offenses with people and with God are blockers to hearing from God. You just, I just can't have my heart with offense in it. I can't stay that way because I lose peace. It's just a horrible way of living your life. You're, so much turmoil inside about what someone did and how hurt you are, you can't, it just drowns out the voice of God, which is very gentle. So when you try to hear the voice of God, if there's hurts and offenses, resolve them very quickly. Another thing that can be a problem is uh, mindsets, where you've got a mindset about something, or you've got something you've just set your mind. For example, a person's asking God to direct them over a relationship, but they've already got their mind made on. They want to go on that relationship. They're just going a nominal thing asking God about it. You're not going to hear. You'll just hear what's in your heart already. So when we're approaching God for guidance and direction, we've got to come from a place where whatever the Lord wants, we're happy with. If you come from the place, hey, this is what I've already got made up, I want you to confirm it, 
Well, that's crazy stuff. God's not going to rubber stamp your plans. You have to come with an open heart and no mindsets about what it'll be. And mindsets often come out of hurts and offenses. So come with a free heart. Another thing that will hinder you is an over-dependence on reasoning, where we, we've learned to reason and work everything out, and we get stuck in our head trying to figure it out. You can't figure God out. So, so for most people, their thoughts and the flow of their life is off their reasoning. But God wants us to learn, listen to the thoughts from the heart. There are thoughts from your heart. These are the thoughts of the spirit man. We have the mind of Christ. So there's a flow from our heart and spirit, and we need to listen through that. And then our thoughts of our mind may not be, they can be quite distorted. You, you can have an opinion about something that's completely wrong. You can have an attitude that's completely wrong. But if I listen to the voice of my heart, then I can actually then rethink life. Now, a lot of people, the moment they see something, go back into reasoning, try to work it out, it just hinders them flowing with the Spirit of God. So those are some of the most common hindrances. And of course, if, you, if you're loaded with demons, that can make a huge problem too. Just get full of confusion and doubt and condemnation. So the voice of doubt and condemnation and, and, and being put down, all of those voices do not come from God. They come from the demonic realm through access to our mind. God, he loves you, wants to talk with you. So what would be some of the simple keys on how you can receive from God? There's, and, and lots of people have got different ways of doing it. Mark Berkler's written a brilliant book about hearing the voice of God. We've done a great course. How many have done that course, by the way, hearing the voice of God? Well, look at that. See, already so many. Okay, then. Now, here's, here's, here's what I have found helps. So I'll just put it in language that's easy. The first one is you need to free up your spirit. If your spirit is held down because you're oppressed in your thoughts or emotions, you won't easily hear the voice of your spirit. So many times we come to listen to God or want to hear God. Our spirit is heavy, shut down. That's why in the, in the meetings we encourage you to enter in, to uh, give out something, to give something to God. So you can free your spirit up in a number of ways. One is by starting to express gratitude to Him. Another way is by praising Him until you start to feel your soul and emotions move. Another way is by praying in tongues. Praying in tongues will stir your spirit up. So we need to actually do something that our spirit is free. It may well be that you've got clutter in your soul. Uh, then bring it out and put it out before him and remove the clutter. Write it down. Do something that gets it out of your head where it buzzes around. Put it down in front of the Lord and then arise and begin to praise him and worship him, pray in tongues, so you feel your spirit flow. Sometimes it can take a little while to feel the flow of your spirit. Hence, worship meetings are great places for hearing the voice of God. I love our worship. Every time I come in here, I feel impressions of the Holy Spirit straight away because it's such a great atmosphere and you can come in on what someone else has done or what's even better, you can come and contribute and build something that everyone else can be blessed in. So the first one is free up your spirit. Free it. Soft music can help you. I constantly, when I'm uh, preparing messages, I have some soft, uh, what I call spontaneous music flowing because I found if I have words, they tend to echo in my mind, and I wake up, and they, they, go, they just want, they're stuck in my mind. So, and so I found that with secular and spiritual songs, and I found if I just want to just be in a flow of hearing God, the best thing is just to have some spontaneous instrumental mu music going. It just really helps you. It's quite surprising. So those are some things, but free up your spirit, whatever it takes. Second thing is you need to focus your attention or fix your thoughts. Most of us, our mind wanders all over. If you're going to hear the voice of God, it requires you center or fix your thoughts on Him. 
I have noticed an interesting thing, that when I'm ministering to people, that if I fix my thoughts on trying to meet their need, I shut down on my spirit. If I fix my thoughts on, uh, on myself, I shut down my spirit. But if I actually just consciously just begin to think and meditate that Jesus is there, I begin to see him as a wonderful shepherd, see him as a friend, my spirit opens up and I can start to receive. I've just learned a very simple thing, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on him. So you can use scriptures uh, to create pictures of him, but you've got to get rid of your external distractions and internal distractions and focus or fix your thoughts. And the best way is with a picture. If you're not good at a picture, uh, try to perhaps meditate on a scripture, but focus your attention on him. In order to see something from the Lord, you've got to look or listen. If you want to hear something, you've got to be listening. But actually be attentive. So it's attentive. The next thing is faith. I need to expect that God will speak. I need to expect God will give me something. I should expect God to do something. Why? Because he said, my sheep hear my voice. So there's a place of expectation. And, uh, and uh, that, that God will give something. There'll be a quickening. How would it come if God spoke to me? Well, it'll come just as a spontaneous picture. A spontaneous, not just comes up in your thoughts, just like that. Wow, where'd that come from? Or a spontaneous word, or uh, an impression. You have an impression. Or you may just have a, a feeling, an emotion. Sometimes in a meeting, I'll be praying, I'll just be worshiping, and I feel this emotion come up. I think, well, that's interesting. What's that emotion? And what's causing that emotion? And then I begin to track what God is wanting to say. So you have to then identify what those sensations are you pick up. Now, of course, if you're just a busy, busy person, you spend all your time on the internet, all your time chitter-chatter, all the time on the phone, and you don't develop the discipline of slowing down and being still and listening to your heart, you won't develop a, a, a walk with God that sustains you. You'll live out of highs and lows of experiences and meetings rather than actually learning to yield to the voice of the Spirit. When the Spirit of God speaks to us, He'll never speak contrary to the Word of God. It'll always align with the Word of God. It'll always be very, very simple. It'll be aligned with what God's Word says. It'll never violate the written Word. So if you're getting things that aren't in the Word of God, beware, be cautious. Because if it's contrary to the Word of God, why would the Spirit of God give you something that He wrote something different about? It makes Him a liar. So if anything you receive by revelation is contrary to the Bible, then it's contrary to the Spirit of God. You're getting it from somewhere else, just shut it down. Stop listening to that stuff. Uh, so it'd be that. The second thing it would do is it always brings a fruit in your life of peace. When God gives you something, there's a witness in your spirit, there's a peace in your heart. It's always like that. And the third thing is that when God gives us something, it usually comforts, edifies, and exhorts us. It lifts us up, it builds us up. He never condemns and puts you down. He just doesn't do that. He says, I do not condemn you. I come to save, not condemn, not to judge. He does never condemn us. So if you're hearing condemning thoughts, they're not from God. Someone prophesies a condemning prophecy, that's not from God either. Bless you, brother, but I don't receive any word of it. You know, it's as simple as that. Why should you receive something that's contrary to Scripture? Someone says things that are condemning and putting down, that's not God. He's not going to treat you that way. He'll talk with you with love, encouragement, and he'll tell you the truth, and he'll show you what to do to move forward. So things that come from God are very, very clear. They, very simply, they're in line with the Word of God and the character of God. They produce a fruit of peace and good results in our life. They witness in our, with our spirit. They tend to edify and to build us up. They tend to strengthen us. If someone prophesies or there's some word you get about something in the future, if it comes to pass, it could, it most likely it was God. There are many reasons that things don't come to pass, and one of them is that we don't respond to them. So here's the thing then. Very, very simple. It's not hard to hear the voice of God. 
It's not hard to move and to listen to God, but you've got to go quiet and still your heart and listen. Free your spirit. Focus your attention. Faith, expect God to speak to you and give you something. Feel or identify what you have and then respond and act on it. It really helps if you're identifying things to journal them, write them down. What did God say to you? So let's just close our eyes right now. Father, I just thank you that you are speaking to us. Even today, as again, and every Sunday, you have been speaking to us. I want you just to close your eyes for just a moment. I want to ask you two questions. What impression, what impressed you in today's service? What impression came into your heart? You may have not thought of it as being God speaking to you. It could have been during the worship, during something someone said or did during the meeting or during this message. But what did God speak to you? What impression did you get? that touched you? What impressed you today? Think about that. And the second question is, what will you do about that? So I want you just to think about that and just turn to someone next to you and share with them what impressed you today? What impressed you? What did God do that impressed your heart today? What did God say that impressed your heart? What impression did you get? could be totally unrelated to anything I have said, but nevertheless, there was an impression you got. So have a think about it. And if you can't answer that, then slow down and say, I wonder why I didn't feel anything or sense anything. So just talk with the person next to you and share what impressed you. What impressed you? My sheep hear my voice. What impressed you? And secondly, say what you're going to do about it. Have a think about that. You may not even know Jesus. You may not be a Christian yet. But God can still have spoken to your heart. So we'll give you five minutes to just talk about that. Okay, let's just stop now. Let's finish up and just draw into a close. How many people you can identify clearly what it was God was speaking to you in the service today? You know God spoke to you about something. Well, that's a lot of hands up here. Okay, then very, very good. Okay, how many of you know what you're going to do as a result of that? That's fantastic. Wonderful. Great. Okay, you take it away and remember to do it. How many of you, it was a bit of a struggle? In fact, actually, you found a bit of a struggle over it. You felt a bit under pressure and nothing seemed to come. Just put your hand up if that was you. Just might as well identify. Let's just be honest. Okay, there's not so many. Okay. Then. So what I'd like to do over the next uh, season in the church is uh, at the end of our message each time, just ask the question, what did God impress you with today? What was impressed on you? What, what, did, what were you touched by in the service today? What, what impressions did you receive? identify what they are, and then ask the question, what are you going to do about what God has shown you? And uh, then we'll finish up our service. What it does is, I want the church, you know, if God says, by His Spirit, He says, uh, take heed what the Spirit is saying to the churches, it'd be really great for us to be aware what God is saying, articulate it, and then know what we've got to do to respond. Amen? My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. In other words, believers hear and can identify what God is saying and then do something to put it into action. Say amen. Amen. Come on, let's just stand on our feet. Let's exalt Jesus. If you have a need for prayer, there's some area like ministry or prayer, please feel free to come forward.